there's Shopping Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the lab. Rupert and with me is Chris. Okay, LCH Choir. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Yeah, not bad. What's up, yo? This is episode, yeah, yeah. I was just looking. I was like, man, 556. That's crazy. You know, we have this, not just Dave and I this week, we have a wonderful special guest. We're going to, I think we're going to end up talking about color a whole bunch, uh, which is great because it's not, now's the time, kids. CSS has changed uh, 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 almost, you know, a little bit behind actual browsers changing. You know? I think like literally this week. Color four landed in Chrome one 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 eleven. So literally this oh, week. Oh, okay. Timing is, is extra yeah. good then. I think I got excited about it too early, but now, but now I'm glad that I know a little bit about it. But now that I can actually freaking use it, or at least in a few browsers, because we're going to end up having to talk fallbacks and all that kind of stuff. And really, it connects to actual monitors as well, which I find fascinating. But uh, but uh, here I go talking my mouth out again before even introducing. Our amazing guest. It's uh, uh, Andre. Yep. Hi, everyone. Hey. Um, yes. Thank you. This was, you reached out to us about this. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if, and, and, and then the more I thought about it, the more it seemed like a wonderful idea for a show. You, do you have something to do with Evil Martians, that group? Is that you? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm principal front end developer in Evil Martians. Principal front end developer at Evil Martians. And what is Evil Martians? Uh, it's a consulting company. We help people build startups. Build startups. Yeah, right on. Okay, so there's a bunch of people that work there. And I, I end up on the Evil Martians blog quite a bit because you have quite a few good writers there as well. Or there's some kind of company culture there that gets you all writing and building tools and kind of being a bigger part of the web community than perhaps an average agency is. Is that about right? Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so, and I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff from like, I don't know, back-end development, Ruby stuff, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about CSS and color stuff. And so that the origin of this show and what we're going to end up talking about is new color spaces. And I think uh, I'll have to look up the exact blog post title, but one of them was like, okay, LCH is basically the best one. And that's something that I've been thinking of recently. I guess it's just my brain thinks that like, oh, that just happens to be the one new color format that has the same properties as... Um, the old one, I always get them screwed up. L, the other one that started with L. LCH. Well, there's LCH, but what's the old HSL. one? HSL. It didn't start with L, sorry. So HSL, I was always in my mind like, that's the best old school one we have. And the whole reason for that was that it was a little bit human readable. I've got some pushback on the human readability because you do have to know what number. The color wheel. Yeah. yeah, you have to know the color wheel a little bit. But even if you don't know the color wheel, adjusting like the saturation and the lightness, you didn't need to memorize anything. It was so easy to change those percentage values and, and manipulate the color. And for that reason alone, it was the best of the old school formats. So then all of a sudden we start hearing news. Oh, my God, your your monitor can display way more colors than these color models in CSS were even capable of doing. And I was like, that's 
interesting news to me. Like, who invented a color format that couldn't display all the colors? You freaking weirdos. That's wild. But anyway, okay, I'll buy it. Now there's new color formats. They got to come to CSS. And because we can now use them, it unlocks all these new colors for us. It's just the weirdest news I ever heard, I think, when I first heard it. But I'm like, okay, if we got to use those new ones, great. And they're like, well, here's a new one. It's called Lab or something. And you looked at the numbers for Lab and you're like, well, that, I have to do that now? That, that looks horrible. I'm willing to do it because the colors are really cool and, you know, Hey, I want those unlocked. But then I'll, I'll then we're told, oh, there's LCH too, and this even spicier version of it that fixes some problems with LCH called OKLCH, OK which ugh, that's a whole other thing. But it re retains the human readability of HSL, but has all these new features. And then there's this evil Martians blog post that's like, you know. It's the best one. So that was a lot of words, but how did I do? <laughs> it was correct, like the the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So something about y'all at Evil Martians likes this OKLCH OK format, and you do work for other people, so I guess that matters. Uh, yeah, right now we we are facing uh, very big changes in the, how we work with colors, like uh, you know, in the end, the front end developer is uh, painting uh, pixels in the colors. And so like how we define the colors is essential thing in uh, development. But uh, at least uh, before the current moment, in web development, we do it like very um, without deep understanding of what we exactly are doing. We just mostly copy paste the hex color from the Figma. And the designers mostly choose it uh, like randomly according to their feeling, this subjective feeling of the beautiful. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you know, uh, we did not understand how it's actually work. And the colors, they are very similar to the time. Like uh, many developers works with time and many of the developers think that it's just, you know, a uh, timestamp. But in the reality, the time is so much complex. And if you want to do something real with uh, time, you need to, like, libraries, you need to understand of uh, all of this complex stuff. And the same with the colors. We paint the pixels in the colors for years, but without real understanding how colors work. And so for me, OKLCH, my favorite part of OKLCH is some sort of, I don't know, data FNS or like a moment JS for the, but for the colors. Some, you know, advanced tool to do the stuff right. You hear that everybody? OKLCH is like moment JS for colors. That is a beautiful. Poetry. But not without the performance problems, like moment <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course, it's not eighty definite. kilobytes of JavaScript. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll say more about that then. Like, what? How about some more on OK OKLCH and 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 why and why that one? If you could, I think that like we need to know about OKLCH because not because it's cool, not because it's like a moment JS for the colors, mm. but because it has a practical results. And there is a two results which affect our your business. The first one is a design system and palettes in this design system. Uh, and the second one is a white gamut, like HD colors on your landing pages. The design system allow you to choose to create your design faster, so spend less time of very expensive developers. And uh, HD colors, they allow you to make your, your brand, your landing pages much more vivid and so sell better. So this is the two practical reasons why OKLCH is really important for every developer since it really affects the business. Um, 
consequences. Is is my understanding is it's almost like subconscious, right? Like kind of putting aside the fact that like colors in general are kind of just made up like this kind of a little bit of a construct, but like we, we perceive red or reds as more vibrant and we perceive greener greens and limes. And I mean, my wife and I, we fight about the color of a tennis ball all the time. She says it's green. I say it's yellow because it's literal name is optic yellow, but whatever, that's just me. Wikipedia too. Like there's all these fights over the color of a tennis ball. Um, wow. So it's, yeah, it's go, go with me down this world. It's beautiful, but, but it's just our perception of color is kind of so part of us and it, it's just, it's almost like supernatural, I, I would say. Cause it's just like, yeah, that's pink is like how we kind of experience it. I, I even, I don't know. Now I'm getting like art school here. I, I Not my usual self here on the shop talk, but like we had these trees in, in Austin called red buds and they bloomed really purple. Like they, they bloom this purple, purple, and they're called red buds. So I guess to somebody they're red, but, but <laughs> these purple blooms and it was just beautiful this year, you know? And it, it, cause it was just like, I've lived in my neighborhood for five years, but I hadn't seen that purple yet, you know, like to where it just, I was shocked by it. So I, mm. I think there's something to what you're saying, like our, our, how color grabs us, how color like influences us is, is huge when we're paying attention, I guess I should say. But like, I think it's, and now like as of this week, we now have greater access to a broader spectrum of colors, which is hard to wrap your brain around. Them. It is a bit. And so you mentioned design systems too. Um, what I'm thinking is, well, here's my guess, and then you say what you really mean, is that a, a lot of color systems that I'm used to, you have like, you know, red 10, red 20, red 30, red 40, because you want different versions of it. Or maybe if you're a little bit more simple, like a light red, red, and a dark red, or, or, or something like that. And that in the past, perhaps we had to kind of hand pick those, perhaps hex codes, because I don't know, our designers told us that this is the appropriate darker red. And maybe that was a side effect of you couldn't trust HSL to adjust that final number to be a darker red and really mean it, that perceptually it was wrong and that there's something kind of cool and you know, I hesitate to say magical because I'm sure it's very mathematically inclined that if you're using OKLCH, you can adjust the the H or the L in LCH and get a darker red that really actually is a darker red. Something like this, yes, but like it's even more deeper case. Like um, the main problem right now, we create so many pages. Like if you're create starting a startup or like a big company like Google, you're creating a lot of pages and uh, you need to put a designer attention to every new page. For instance, like let's uh, grab a very simple case. Uh, your designer draw a button in uh, your uh, accent color, the accent color of your company, I know blue. Mm-hmm. And But on uh, some page you have a delete button. And of course, you need to make this button a red to warn a user that this is something dangerous. And before, you need to ask a designer to do it. And it's, it, it doesn't have a problem only with this button. It goes to every page. And right now, we need to create so many programs, user interfaces, etc., that we don't have enough designers to do it. 
And this is why instead of creating uh, and picking every color for the every page, people found that it will be much faster if we define the system and during the implementation, people will be able to use the system and to find the right color. For instance, if you have an accent color for the button and you have some sort of mass behind any colors of your page, it's very easy to choose the red one. And uh, this is why this is what we see right now. There is a lot of design systems, but uh, the math behind the colors are not in the CSS. They are mostly like um, some sort of generators, etc. But right now we can define all this uh, property of this math inside our code. So front-end developers will not work with just uh, uh, hex numbers from the uh, you know, Figma or like palette generator, but could define this mass inside CSS. And it means a lot for the code complexity, code maintainability. For instance, like uh, there is a two very simple cases why KLCH is very important. The first one is like you have a accent color, you need a, a red one. All like all other math except OKLCH doesn't allow you to create this another button with another hue, but keep the same saturation and the lightness. Maybe the lab at LCH a little, but it has a very painful bug. But in OK, uh, in HSL, uh, you could face a very big contrast changes during the change of the hue. And it's really mm. uh, visible and it's really a problem. That's why nobody uses it. And another uh, reason why OKLCH may be very useful is, you know, um, another example. It's like you have a button and you have a hover style for the button. It, for instance, 10% uh, lighter. And you want to define it only once that like took a current color of the button and make it 10% lighter. And the new CSS allow you to define this mass inside the CSS. And it doesn't matter what color you define on the button, it will automatically generate the hover color according to this mass. And without a KLCH, maybe many users use a lighter or darker functions in SAS and they saw very strange uh, behavior on these functions. Sometimes the darker, 10% darker, are not 10% darker. Uh -huh. It depends on the hue. Like 10% uh, darker for the red and for the blue was c completely different. And it's because HSL is a very bad color system. It's very interesting story why, but yeah, this is what we now uh, capable of doing with OKLCH. Right. And we don't, it's almost like we didn't even know it until now. And we, we knew it by our actions, but not, you know, that, that nobody, nobody just lightened a color and used it because it just felt so untrustworthy. Or, you know, some people use the tool like something like SAS, which had color functions built into it, and they'd use Lighten. But nobody used Lighten consistently. Nobody was just like, Lighten 10%, and then they knew that would work on every single color. It was always this little game of like, oh, that doesn't look right. Like some colors you'd Lighten 10%, it would blow it out to white. And you'd be like, okay, I guess 4% then? It was just this little game of trying to figure out what the number was. And it felt weird for something that sh feels like it should be so mathematically sound, uh, really was not. <laughs> you had to do it. Now Now, 10% is 10%. At least, I don't know, we hope so. I, I like that you 
kind of drawn a line in the sand and just said, okay, LCH is it because there's just with like P3 and lab and all these kind of new color spaces we have access to. I, I don't know. I like the line in the sand. (laughs) I just, I, because I can react to it now, right? Like I can be like, yeah, or I can be like, no, I don't think so. But like, I, I like it. Um, you know, on the shop talk show, Dave, we, instead of trying to lighten the color, we literally use filter. Oh, good. <laughs> Saturate. Yeah, a vibe. filter 110% and just let it, let it go. Not their best approach, but you know, for a small little dumb site like ours, who cares, right? But um, in the future, we'll definitely switch this up to the the model. So, do you have some thoughts on that, Andrew? That that like why the why OKLCH over one that is still new, like Lab or P three, and or, or like how how should we think about that? Yeah, like um, okay, uh, okay, Lab and okay, uh, LCH, it's two color spaces. It was created only in two thousand twenty. It's very new, but uh, CSS working group, they see, they see that like uh, all other solutions have uh, problems and they, for the reasons, took this new uh, color space because this was a really uh, way. Uh, Anyway, we like, right now we are destroying the old ecosystem and creating a new, and this is why it doesn't matter what type of the system you use, we just need uh, the best one. And this is why they took OKLCH very new and put it to the specification. It's not only just a functions. To be honest, OKLCH is a part of uh, inside uh, many different parts of the specifications. For instance, gamma mamo, gamma correction centra, because OKLCH has a very good uh, math to work with the curves. You have created or helped create or something a a tool specifically for OKLCH. So you you know for all the reasons you've already talked about, you have kind of in a way crowned a winner, and it's OKLCH, which I, I personally like. Uh, 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 there are reasons I should say that this crowning a winner business, I'm saying a little bit tongue in cheek. There are some cool things you can do with the other formats. For ex- One of the things I think about is that any given gradient between two colors, what happens on the way from one color to another color is really depends heavily on the color space that it's in. And I think that OKLCH does a pretty good job of of making them generally pleasing but you may want to try others that's a reason you might pick another space is because you prefer what happens in a gradient in another color space that's just one thing i think about but generally for a design system as andrew mentioned okay lch is pretty is pretty darn good so what's up with this tool and how does it work yeah like um when I start to be curious about the color spaces and the new specification, I found that nobody really uh, knew anything about it. It was only one talk on YouTube about the OKLCH and only one article. And there was no tools at all. There was uh, no any color pickers in that moment. So you can't even see the color space, how it like looks like, how the 3D, 3D, 3D model of the space looks like. And there was no polyfills, there was no documentation in NDM, nothing. And I found that it is, you know, uh, sometimes when you see that, recent, uh, that some tool has no ecosystem, 
it is a reason for you to avoid this tool, but for me it's completely opposite. It means that you finally can do something really important for the people. And together with my colleague uh, Roman Shamin and many other people from the open source community, we start to create the, this whole ecosystem and we are doing it for a year right now. So we started about the same date a year ago and so work the whole year to, uh, for the people to uh, when the browser will implement it, the whole tools will be already was already created, and it was amazing here. Um, so yeah, um, we need to write uh, some good guides explaining what is it, explaining the benefits. We need to create a polyfills. We need to create a linters because uh, KLCH work, works a little different. You need another way to think about it, but we can speak about it about uh, a little later. You need a color picker and documentations, uh, Figma supported center, it's so huge. And we started to do it, created a color picker, the first color, okay, sage color picker, created the second article. The first one was Chinese article. And uh, uh, I'm the creator of PostCSS and I help uh, uh, the developers of PostCSS uh, preset and create the polyfills and help a uh, styling community to create a uh, plugin for the to, to lint okay LCH, and it was amazing here <laughs> so like if i can mouth describe the tool oklch.com killer killer domain name i Woo. mean it couldn't be more exact um so you you basically have like a color you can choose what color set you're like whatever okay lch or lch on the on the left in the middle column you get kind of a the color you're looking at like pink or red or blue kind of you're zoomed in on the lightness so it goes from very dark to very light across the x axis then there's alpha there too we'll skip that but chroma is where it gets interesting because it's like these waves of color yep. and then there's a little white line in the wave and there's also a white line on the, the lightness but anything above that white line is the p3 color scale right and then if i hit rec 2020 which is the even newer color gamut there's another line and so i can go even like farther yeah. with color it's it's so it's and you have these other cool visualizations, but that chroma wave thing really gets at like what this is. It's like you are literally going beyond the bounds of RGB and into a different color space. And anyway, that I just it's cool. I haven't seen it displayed like this. I think it's really useful for me to like yeah. go and browse colors because usually it's like a lot of else. I don't know. These color tools are like enter a color, and it's like I don't know. Uh, tomato you know <laughs> but i what my question is now that you because you're showing me the p3 and the fallback if i put on rec 2020 i my it says my browser doesn't support that and so i'm very curious about that but um but like if i i see p3 and i see a fallback are is this kind of the idea like this tool can maybe like automate fallbacks in post css or or something like that or um, so yeah, like um, the color picker is just a color picker. It's very similar to the HSL color picker, but just more complex because the KLCH color space as a space is more complex, and so we need a better visualization. This there is an article from the, our designer Roman Shamin who like creates the design of this tool because it's like not obvious how to create a color picker to a completely different color system. 
Um, and you can use this color picker even without uh, browser support for KLCH to do this math for you. For instance, if you're a designer and you want to create a hover color for the button, you, you uh, take your color from the uh, Figma, go to the color picker, put it inside, increase the lightness, and then copy the hex back and go mm -hmm. back to the Figma. So it's already a tool even without a browser support. But to explain why the color space has so different, like so unusual form, what is P3? Let's go deep to the theory. <laughs> like, Let's you know, in this cartoon, when you have a, a school bus and it becomes shrinking and go inside the people yeah, body. Magic school bus. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, colors, uh, the color spaces. We have a colors. Colors is something in the um, uh, um, uh, property of the light. But it doesn't have the uh, the properties which we work as a developers. It doesn't have a red, uh, green, and blue component. It doesn't have a lightness, etc. It's uh, all inside our brain, because in our eyes there is uh, three detectors, but they don't see only green, uh, blue, and uh, red one. They see the whole spectrum, but with a different power. So, like, it see a green. Uh, uh, if we're talking about the green pixel inside our eyes, it sees a green better than a blue one, but it still sees a blue. Mm. So as a result, the system is extremely complex. And to work with this, we need some sort of mass, I don't know, some sort of, you know, coordinates. And uh, people in the uh, 1930s, they create a very interesting experiment. They don't have any computers, etc. They just have a lamps and they have some, you know, real object real yellow green something and so they created three lamps and the three lamps uh, light to the uh, surface and uh, on the right side and on the left side they put a real object and they, uh, they start to change the lightness so people uh, the person who is in this experiment start to see these uh, objects in a different color and this is how they create some sort of the model of like how to explain playing any colors as a combination of these three colors. And uh, right now in CSS, we have a color space called uh, XYZ. And this is exactly the result of this experiment. XYZ oh, wow. is these lamps. Uh, and um, in our screens, we have the similar lamps, like the small uh, pixels, sub pixels, the green, yellow, and red. And so, but uh, of course, they, uh, their colors is not similar to that uh, lamps. And as a result, there is a, a mass formula which convert XYZ to the, um, your speci uh, the RGB specific to your monitor. Uh -huh. But there is a problem. Unfortunately, for our devices, the, these subpixels sub can't produce any colors which is visible by our eyes. Unfortunately, in the moment of 1990, uh, we can produce only about 35% of the colors. And as a result, you know, like uh, this advertisement about your monitor that you can see 16 million colors. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this is, not, this is not so big number because it's not all colors of the earth. It's only 35%. And this is one of the reasons why if you took sunset on your camera and see the picture on your screen, you don't see the same, you know, deep emotional feelings. Because this uh, subpixels is not so powerful 
to produce the self-saturated red, for instance, as you uh, have in the real world. And this is why the whole space is much more smaller. So the um, color space is a way how you can encode any colors in the three coordinates, in some coordinates, but mostly it's three co coordinates. The gamut is the size of the space. How much colors do you, can you produce? So like uh, two different uh, color spaces can have the same gamut because they can encode the same number of colors, but with the different numbers. There is a color spaces which is uh, unlimited for the gamut. You can encode any types of the gamut, but some another color spaces is very limited to the specific gamut. For instance, sRGB, HSL, and many others is limited to only sRGB color space. sRGB color space is that 35% of the colors, which people agree that like every monitor should be able to, uh, to render it. Even hex codes too, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Even hex, hex code is uh, a sRGB model, but in a different encoding format. Lab, OKLCH, okay, OKLab, okay, and LCH, it's unlimited. It's called device-independent color formats, color spaces. It means it doesn't limit to specific gamut. It could work with any gamut, even uh, things which are impossible right now. Why it's important? Because a few years ago, we start to able to produce completely new uh, LED uh, for our monitors. We, we was able to produce new subpixels, which could produce much more saturated light. And if we have much more saturated green, uh, blue and red, it means that your monitor can display much more saturated colors. And you finally have a pictures much closer to that sunset, which is you able to see. And all new Apple devices, all most of the uh, Android with OLED screens, most of the laptops with OLED screens is capable to display these colors. This oh. is why when you see a sunset pictures on your iPhone, it looks better than on your screen, for instance, on Windows, because Apple device can, pred, uh, can produce more colors. This new, uh, this new set of the colors, this new gamut called P3, it's about 45% uh, of the colors visible by human eyes. Still not uh, even a half, but still better than P3. Wow, not even half. Still. Yeah, unfortunately. Even a REC 2020 will be able to produce only 75% of the colors, but it's much closer. Hmm. It's just, you know, maybe one step ahead and we will be like in the final destination of 100%. But still, 30% of new colors. Most of them are more, much more vivid, but they sometimes, but not all of them. Some of them is just a different one. And so, with the more colors, you can create. You are more free to create a, a palettes for your uh, design system. Mm -hmm. So, more colors it's always better. It's not only for the some sort of landing pages when you need uh, vivid colors. Sometimes it's better because more colors means the designer is more free to choose a subset of the colors in the uh, design system. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Frontend Masters. That's frontendmasters.com. Their learning paths are super good, ain't they, Dave? Oh, man. They, they, like, 
They have everything. Like whether you're starting from a certain level, like beginner to professional to expert, or like you want to like hit the computer science track or the full stack track or design to code track. Lots of different tracks from like what skill you're trying to hit. But then, boom, they got technology specific tracks like JavaScript, CSS. Like if you need like a skill buff in one area. That's what I would do. I'd be like, dude, I need to learn TypeScript now. I'm way behind on this. Take the TypeScript class. Oh, I need to get a job. Dude, take the React class. <laughs> take the React class. No, I mean, or like, you know, I'm doing Vue. Like, I have a good understanding of Vue, but piecing it together over a bunch of blog posts isn't the best, you know? No. So, like, watching Sarah Drasner's Vue course is super rad. Or, or yeah. like, Node. Like, just seeing somebody build something, like an API or whatever, helps my brain internalize that uh, way more than just whatever, piecing it together myself. So Right, right. And I kept calling them courses and classes and stuff, but they're really learning paths. And you might hop between different videos and stuff. There's elective coursework and stuff. These learning paths are really put together to uh, bring you the best of whatever that topic is. That really appeals to me, I think is really quite cool. And I think it can work for like you as an individual or like for your whole company. Like if you got, you're trying to do a big skill buff in React, your, your company notice yes. like, hey, we're not super great. So like, like, Boom, get a whole skill buff for your whole entire team. Yeah, or in my case, we're switching over everything to TypeScript. Now, the, guess the who should <laughs> level up in it? Everybody, not just yeah, you. Yeah. you know? Well, and if you want to do it, in, are you doing it in the one month or the one year plan? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. helps to level up first, right? So bring your company to frontendmasters.com. It looks like in your tool, though, that, you know, when you're looking at the waves, they're really interesting, which I still don't totally understand. But, you know, there's waves. The Where the white line is that Dave was describing, it's, it's generally stuff above that white line. So you get more saturated and brighter and more vibrant colors. It's not like, not like we're getting a bunch of more dull swampy green like that <laughs> we have that's already been covered swamp green in yeah uh, <laughs> HTML, yeah yeah so is when this happens when we get even closer and closer is it going to be is it going to keep going upwards in other words we're going to get more brighter more vibrant yep yep yeah and okay. in some moment it will be the same vibrant as you see on the sunset of course it will be only the colors not the uh the lightness but still it, it's still yeah much better and vivid colors, they really sell. So this is the point. This is why the new colors, it's some sort of new retina when your landing page can sell more products. Nice. Is Are, are the days of like picking hexes, you know, like let's pick some colors, you know, it, are those over in your mindset or is it, because I feel like you've fully adopted the new spectrums, you know, the new, the new gamuts. So like, it, are those days over or how do I need to reshape like picking colors for our design system? Let's say we want some grays, we want some, you know, reds and blues. How, like, how do you do that now? Is it different than just like, let's just open up the color palette or, or how is, how does it work now? Uh, uh, at least right now, uh, in Evil Martians, we mostly like uh, choose a few uh, the most accent colors and produce all other colors according to the mass. There is a very interesting experiment created by Alexei Ardov. He's a creator of Hue Tone. It's a tool to create a 
palettes automatically. But he created a very nice project called Color uh, Playground. When you need to define a hue, your accent hue, then you define a contrast, which you need for like a different contrast. Uh, and it, it, it generates the whole uh, palette for your website, the whole theme for your website, just according to these numbers. So I believe that our future is something like this, when you choose only a few colors, and then system create all, uh, all other for you. And you don't need to spend the time and you know spend more time on creating a good user experience, not to cherry picking the color numbers. No, I, I mean that seems like we can get lost. Uh, you know, if we're seeing seventy-five percent of all colors theoretically possible <laughs> to the human eye, you could get lost picking. Um, does like are our design tools hindering us a bit? Like like Figma. Does that do OKLCH or, or are we kind of in a jam there or what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, um, with all these color things, the Figma is a little like um, keeping us behind and, the, and, uh, and design tools uh, because like we need a few things. First, we need a way to work with a different gamut, not only with sRGB, the current one, but also with three. In, in Figma, there is these options, but they are not like you know simple, maybe. And the second one, we need a way to work with the colors in OKLCH, and we don't have this in Figma right now. It's sad, but I hope the Figma developers yeah. is hearing us and they will let this feature. It's not so hard to be honest. Yeah, no, they would be. Hmm. I want. I mean. I wonder what they're going to do. I bet now that it's in... They seem to be on top of it. I mean, they're a little better than... I, I shouldn't say that, though, because I think if you open up Photoshop specifically, they have some kind of LCH picker in there, but it's a little funky. And unfortunately, it's uh, LCH, not OKLCH. Okay but uh, Photoshop uses OKLCH okay in gradients. So like uh, color space, it's a way to encode uh, coordinates. And when you draw a gradient, you just take uh, two dots and create a path in some color space. And uh, so color space really uh, uh, have a result on your gradient. And okay, lab gradients are very good right now. They mostly solve any problems of all other formats. So this is why Photoshop add okay, okay lab uh, gradient. But this is a thing, gradient is not so like, uh, it depends on the task which you want to solve. And so the color space, it's like, there is no one winner. There is no silver bullet. No, there's not. And I hate that, that there's not. But there, because it was a little, I don't, it was, I don't know, it feels like a year ago or so, there was some, there was talk around gradients and color spaces. And, and a lot of the demos showed you, I think it was between red and blue, it goes through gray crappy land. And you're like, look at how boring that is. I've picked this bold red and this bold blue, and it goes through a very dull color space in between. Look at this new color space. It now goes to purple in the middle, which is a little more expected because it's the mix of those two colors and it remains bold. But I can see a choice that's like, and eh, eh, I don't necessarily want to go through purple. That's pretty arbitrary. You know, I could want to do something else in the middle. And of course, you could add more stops to affect how that works, but it is, it is interesting to see. I saw a uh, Adam Argyle posts the other day that said, do a gradient between red and red, 
but go but but interpolate between different color spaces and one of them goes through the whole dang rainbow if you pick <laughs> the hm the hsl space it was very interesting to watch I don't know. I, I, you, you get it, right? A whole rainbow yep, interpolation yep, yep. is a very interesting side effect of all this color space stuff. I, I do have a question about, you know, uh, so you open up Photoshop, and if you really want to use the, what did you say? It was LCH, not OK LCH. They'll give you the three numbers, but they're in three different input boxes. Yep. And I think just little UX stuff like that has a tremendous impact on our industry. If you want that number, you got to... C- click back and forth and copy and paste three different numbers into the format. And I feel like I, I, I love this. I want this. I'm a CSS guy. I own Photoshop, but I will never do that. I'm just too lazy. Is I that just why won't Hex do it. is one? Hex. It is. That's why Hex is one. <laughs> I almost feel like we should nix it. You know how like you're writing a variable or, uh, or uh, let's say a CSS class name and you put dashes in the class name or you write the same class, but you put underscores instead. We all know this intuitively as programmers. The one with underscores, you can double click and get the whole thing. And the one with dashes, you can't double click and get the whole thing. You get up to the dash and then the, the clicking stops. It's just somebody decided that's how computers work a million years ago. And that's what we get. And it, it, color, it almost makes me wish that one of these new color formats didn't use the... Um, the percentage sign, because the percentage sign will also stop a copy of page, oh. and didn't use spaces. They used underscores instead, because then it would be then you could double click and get the whole thing. Anyway, that's a dumb little aside, but the copy and paste ability is a big deal, which is almost advice for y'all at Evil Martians. That tool, the OKLCH tool, is awesome. It's so good. I've already used it a bunch of times. It's the best one around. But there almost seems to be like a. I almost wish there was some kind of little special section that I could expand or something that would give me both OKLCH and a fallback together as a more copy and pasteable piece together. Because every time I use this stuff, I think, I think, oh, I can't, I can use it, but I, but I have to put a fallback. And I know you'll tell me I should use post CSS. So there's, there's that. But <laughs> or what? You, you can go. There is, there is another way. Uh, to be honest, you don't need to put a fallback manually. There is a very good polyfill, which right now, uh, which called like processor preset env. And uh, if you will write OKLCH inside your CSS, it mm-hmm. will automatically convert it to the hex. But if this OKLCH format is in P3, it will automatically generate a media query and the fallback colors. I'm not sure about the media query, but it definitely will generate a fallback. Yeah. So if your colors, if your screen doesn't support uh, P3, it, it's uh, fallback is generated for you. The main problem, like the main problem, that right now Chrome uh, do uh, gamut corrections. They change between one gamut to another, very in the bad way. The both uh, Safari and Chrome, and so I highly recommend to use PostCSS preset env because it do it much better. Nice. I, uh, yeah, the yeah. Chrome and Safari is going against the specifications and the. Polyfills is the only tool right now in CSS which works correctly. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, the, and there's two kinds of fallbacks, which is, which is blows my mind too, because you could be on a very modern browser that supports all this stuff, 
but be on a piece of crap monitor that doesn't. But, yeah, but that's okay because the the brow somehow, and I, I don't know how much you know about this. Feel feel. It sounds like you you know a lot here. How do, it does pull that color back down into a reasonable fallback for the monitor somehow, right? Yeah, it's called gamma correction or gout modification. It means okay. that like uh, we have uh, some sort of big subset of the colors. For instance, P3, you put the you choose the color from the P3. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you are um, rendering it on the monitor with uh, sRGB color model. And so it's impossible to render this color. It's impossible even to see this colors, how it looks like. Do you remember when you open in Photoshop some files and it asks you about some sort of gamut correction profiles mm-hmm. and center? You just you click a random button because you don't know what is it. Yeah, you're like, fine, means. fine, fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what we are talking right now. It's called, again, the gamut corrections. Uh-huh. So uh, there is a two ways. In Photoshop, in pictures, we take each, uh, each color and reduce it. So if uh, when the camera can like catch 40, uh, 45% of the colors, and we render it on the screen with 35%, we just reduce all colors, saturation mostly, to the uh, 10% back. And this is why the, uh, the pictures look so shitty, mm. because they like, <laughs> become yeah. faded. And, yeah. But in CSS, it's different algorithms. If uh, these colors is beyond the possibilities of your monitor, only these colors will be reduced. And it will be reduced by, okay, LCH color space. So there is a two ways to reduce it. The first way is to convert it to the sRGB color space. And mm-hmm. in this case, because it was P3, and it's in, in, inside sRGB is invisible color, you will have uh, more than 100% or less than zero numbers in RGB functions. And so the one way is called clipping. You just reduce it to the, if it's 120, you just reduce it to the 100. If it's below zero, you make it zero. But okay. it will change the hue. And so color become a little bit, you know, uh, bluish uh, red or like yellow going to the green a little. But unfortunately, this is what Safari and Chrome do right now because this is the fastest way. The proper way inside the CSS specification is to convert the color to uh, okay LCH in, uh, in only this color space and then start to reduce the saturation and lightness. You can see in okay, uh, okay, LCH.com the graph of uh, the lightness and saturation and they start to reduce it uh, on this graph. So you never lose change hue is the point. Right? Yes, yes, right. only saturation. And it looks pretty what, what you will expect. Of course, faded away, but still work. Not a problem. And then the other kind of fallback is that you're using, say, OKLCH parenthesis, and your browser doesn't understand that because mm-hmm. you're on a you're on a something that doesn't yet. Oh, by the way, the can I use tables are super out of date for this. Somebody should get on that. The, I already um, sent a pull request, but unfortunately, we need to wait a few days, and I hope it will be updated when the uh, podcast will be released. Okay. Right now. Okay, yeah. LCH is supported not only by Safari, but also by Chrome, as Dave mentions, but also by Firefox. The okay LCH color format is inside this, you know, competition between the browser, what aspect we should support, the interrupt the 2023. And they, so all browsers is right now in the race of implementing it. And this is why Firefox is already have it, but unfortunately behind the flag. 
Sorry. I hope that in a month we will have it in all browsers. And but we need to wait about the half of the year and even more to have it in a UC browser, uh, Samsung browser, etc. So right now, all it feels, unfortunately. Right. But you can kind of, you did mention a media query. I think there is a way to detect the P3 color space in a media yep. query. But you also kind of don't have to because you can just declare it one pro one above where you use OKLCH OK and it'll just fall back to that, right? Theoretically, yes. But here is the thing. Imagine that you have uh, two buttons, and one button must be much more saturated because you know it's like a, a probe uh, and the, you know uh, economy tariffs on your landing page. And if you will make P3 color for the like, you know pro tariff on the sRGB screens, these buttons will have the same colors because you know you reduce the one color, but the, mm -hmm. uh, another color was the same, and so you reduce the difference between the colors. So sometimes. Unfortunately, you need to use a media query and maybe create a different set of the colors. For oh, yeah. But this is why mass is so important. If you have a mass calculation, it's not a problem. You just increase, you know, the saturation difference between the color and the computer do everything for you. Right. And if you're a design systems thinker and that's how you've built mm -hmm. your site, you could you could set all chances are you're already setting all these as custom properties and you could set the whole you could set the whole slew of them differently exactly in a exactly. non support situation. And the same with um, a dark theme. Again, this is just another set mm. of the colors and if you have right. a very proper mass behind it, you can generate it. Too. But unfortunately, there is a problem with this. You can do it only with OKLCH. You need another good thing called APCA. APCA contrast format. APCA. Oh, no the, idea. Abka. That's impossible okay. to say. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> and the, that's the new. Or what, what is APCA? What, it's no idea. Never heard of it. It's a contrast uh, math to uh, to calculate the contrast between the two colors. Right now, we use. Uh, that's the new kind of. Kind of potentially WCAG 3.0 contrast algorithm that's kind of floating, yeah. right? Okay. The, the current one, to be honest, is very interesting. It's just very similar to the OKLCH. To create the, the current uh, contrast, you just convert the colors to the lab format and, and just calculate the difference between the L, the lightness. But unfortunately, the contrast doesn't work like this. As I mentioned, colors is much more complicated. For instance, if you have a text in one color and background in a different color, their contrast will be different. If you will do opposite, they use a background for the text and the text color for the background. So they are not natural, like interchangeable. And uh, APCA, it's already like... Uh, uh, already use this all these problems. Already built it inside the mass, and so you calculate very, very good mass. You have a very good mass to understand the contrast. And using together OKLCH which with APCA, you can create the whole uh, theme, the dark theme, the light theme, anything else, just with the math and a few uh, pick, uh, hand picking colors. Wow, interesting. I hadn't thought of those combined just to generate, like procedurally generate a dark theme. That's mm -hmm. cool. Funny part about the accessibility, if we start to talk about it, the OKLCH okay, color picker was created uh, even to be used by screen readers. You know, right now we like, 
you think that maybe this uh, tools is not suitable for the people who can't see the colors, but we have a completely different opinion. It's even opposite. Okay, LCH could be useful for them because they don't see how colors looks like and they can use a mass behind the okay, LCH to understand the colors just by these numbers. And this is why the, uh, the all OKLCH okay, website is you can use it only by keyboard and screen readers. It's already uh, was optimized for this way because it's important. Well, that's nice. Good job. No, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I think if you describe things in terms of lightness and I mean, chromas may be a bit weird, but <laughs> but um, but like hue, you know, kind of here's where it is on the Roy G. Biv spectrum, sort of, you know. Yeah, I've also like, heard it's good. I mean, screen readers is 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 one level of accessibility issue, but there's the people that are color blind too that maybe can see this website, but not the not necessarily the colors on it, but still use it because of the math. Yep, yep. Or for instance, there is a backend developer who uh, uses screen readers to work with. You know, uh, for instance, there is a backend developer who who can see and but. He sometimes needs to change the CSS just a little, and mm. he can use this website to create, I don't know, just a error color for the main button. Yeah, that's that's amazing. He's the he's your perfect customer, I'd say. Well, this is big time for this. I'm glad we're doing this right now because, uh, as we've mentioned at the top, I wasn't aware how imminent this was. I opened up my version of Chrome on my little booth computer here, and it was Chrome 110, and the OKLCH gave me the little dotted line that said, your browser will not display the P3 color space. And then I went about Chrome, and it started chugging away, downloading version 11, or 111, and I restarted it, and all of a sudden... I can see that, like on this episode, that 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 happened for me. So the world is about to see some more more vibrant colors. I think Safari was was first with the wide gamuts with their P3 stuff. That one always confused me a little bit because you have to use the color function and then and then say which color space you're using and then put the values, which I think you can do for OKLCH too. But why would you? I you haven't to. Uh, they just use a color function with uh, how to call uh, display P3 and then yeah. the numbers. Just because you know, I don't know why. To be honest, it's really uh, unsuitable for the people. But uh, they use it, but um, I really think that uh, you should use OKLCH. And the funny part, it was only one technology. Uh, it was only one version of the Safari which support P3, but doesn't, uh, but didn't support uh, OKLCH okay, color functions. So they mostly deploy uh, white gamut colors with OKLCH color function together, and it's much better to define OKLCH in with OKLCH color functions. For instance. For OKLCH color picker, we have uh, uh, the application icon. And of course, we use a P3 colors for application icon to be vibrant on your like applications uh, list. And it's a, a SVG file. And in SVG, you can use CSS. And this is why you right now can use uh, white gamut colors even inside the SVG. And we use OKLCH there, not uh, color display P3, etc. Just OKLCH because Safari supports it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that that color function always is 
I don't mind that there's a color function, but I was like, why is the syntax so weird? Oh, I you have to assume 90% of stuff in Safari is because somebody at Apple wanted it. <laughs> Apple. Do you kind of foresee the, the web be, get, getting a little more saturated here in the next couple of years? You think so? Like the, you know, like you're I don't know. <laughs> you go to websites and we're just they're just gonna start being brighter yeah, yeah. new era i kind of i kind of bet we will you know people are gonna people are gonna start using these things because when you go to pick a color if you if the color picker kind of supports people they you know they tend to drag up and to the right you know like give me a give me a give me a bright one and tooling is a big deal here i mean i'm glad the OKLCH tool is is so good but i i also kind of hope that people copy you that these good tools and they're good copy and pasteability with um, which i'm obsessed with i think every tool that wants to give you colors should support OKLCH and make sure that i can copy it really easily don't bury it behind those those three inputs where I can't select across all of them. Oh, don't do that. By the <laughs> way, right now is a very interesting tool called Hueton. It's a palette generator. It's accessible. Okay. Uh, it's uh, you have a very good contrast. Uh, it's think about the contrast because it's used for KLCH inside. And so it, we already have uh, multiple tools with KLCH. Use uh, Hueton. It's a very nice tool. Hueton. All right. All right, I think that might do it. Any final thoughts, Dave? No, I guess. What? How do I get my designers to use it? What, what's the <laughs> the eternal challenge? How do I get my designers to use something? So, what's the secret? No, this is a very complex question. It's like uh, it leads us to the you know uh, communication, not a problem, but you know a thing between uh, front end developers and designers. It's the thing which I like about the OKLCH because, to be honest, the designers think about color for years, but they communicate with uh, front-end developers only with the hex uh, strings, and it was a so bad problem, you know? Like, there is a whole world of the colors, but, like, we as a, uh, as a front-end developer doesn't see it and doesn't have a language to communicate with the designers. But right now, we have a way. But... Not all designers knew about, uh, have an idea about it. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, we need to start a more communication between the designers and front-end uh, to explain that, that right now we have EP3 colors, like start to edit it. My um, main recommendation here is go to your designer, show the okay, SCH color picker on the Apple screen, unfortunately, because it will be the, the best way to, to render the EP3 colors right now and explain the designers that uh, we have right now 30% more colors. What do you think about adding them to the, our landing page? And so you sitting together and just do, you know, the magic and make a completely new landing page. It's very fun, uh, you know, work, which, you know, create a bridges. Yeah. Well, very cool. Hopefully... Um... Hopefully we see more colors here in, in the near future. Yeah, I love uh, it. Next next time we have you on, you'll tell us why we stopped at 45%. Why don't we just do 100% right out of the gate, kids? <laughs> but you have to, have to Unfortunately, the problem is with the LED. We don't have this such LED right now. Uh, we have only lasers, which could produce much more saturated colors. And this is why we have a REC 2020 only in cinema industry, because they have a projectors, which use lasers. And this is why in completely dark room, you can produce all colors. Unfortunately, right now, you can buy a monitor only about 98 or something percent of the REC 2020. 
because like this LED, we, we technically have it, but it's uh, extremely expensive. So we need to, to wait a few years. And unfortunately, this is an area of hardware developers and, you know, physics, etc. We need to wait. Gotta wait. All right. Limited fine. by physics. Which we have XYZ. I hate <laughs> physics. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> Andre, uh, how can people follow you and give you money if uh, they are not doing that already? <laughs> Just uh, go to the Twitter and Sydney Code, for instance, or like Open Collective, Post CSS. It will be the best options. Awesome. Great. Yeah. All right. We'll link it up. All right. Thank you uh, for coming on the show. This has been really educational, but okay, LCH. And thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast. Your church be sure to hire favorite up as some people find out about the show. Follow us on Mastodon, front, uh, Shop Talk Show at front end dash front. Uh, dash n dot social. Front dash n dot social. Ooh, it's rough. Morse code, man. All right, here we go. And then, <laughs> thanks, Mastodon. Uh, uh, at least it, it could be like toots dot butt, you know. So I think we lucked out. It's front dash n dot social. Yeah, so, could be right. worse. Uh, and then uh, be sure to join us in the Discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Shop talk show.com. <laughs>